podcasters are lost in the swirling maze of past and future ages during their latest series of movie reviews. It's the Time Shifters Podcast. We're going to attempt time travel. Welcome to the Time Shifters Podcast. This show discusses film and television from the long and recent past as well as the news and events surrounding them. We thank you for tuning in and would love to hear from you. Follow the link in the show notes to all our social media and websites or send us an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. All I'm asking you to do now is to witness a demonstration of the possibility of movement within the fourth dimension. Everyone, and welcome back to Time Shifters. This is Christopher, and I'm here with Tom. Howdy. Tom, how... Yeah, Tom, how you doing? Sorry, I was... You had a pregnant pause. I did. Did you deliver that pause? <laughs> I did. Not very well, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. How are you doing? As as we discussed last episode, I believe, um, you know, life is still... Personal life, business life, still in flux a little bit. But starting to settle down, hopefully. That is a good thing. Yes, no, mine continues to roil as usual. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, you know, the, the pot of water on the stove that you can never get the temperature just right to keep from boiling over. <laughs> it does. Every time you think you got it. <laughs> this is my escape from that for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what this is. We got a, a few things. I've got a few things that I've been doing, uh, filling my time with. What little spare time I have, I have been managing to fill it with a, with some fun things. The first thing is rather uh, kind of time travel related and everything. I decided to start rewatching the uh, British series Sapphire and Steel, and it's actually something that I hope maybe we can talk about in length later on in this uh, series because it does deal in in a large regard with time travel the series for anyone who doesn't know is stars david mccallan and joanna lumley as the uh, main characters and they are um oh they are agents of some kind that travel through time and uh in this series time's kind of the enemy oh, yeah? and it tries to sort of invade it breaks through weak points and can sometimes steal things away. And they they show up to try to patch these holes. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting series and in how they uh what causes these holes and everything. It yeah, I think it's a series, like I said, it's hard to explain. It really needs to be seen. So I think we will we'll definitely have to get you some sapphire steel in your life. All right. It is very seventies, you know, early eighties, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it can be really interesting, and I think you uh, think you might dig it. No, we'll have to check that out. Especially your struggle in trying to describe it just means it needs to be taken in. Yeah, I didn't really realize how much trouble I was going to have until I started trying. I'm like, oh, wait, how am I going to really explain this and keep it short and not just, <laughs> you know, give you a synopsis of an entire story? <laughs> Also, a little bit of uh, time travel-ish news. I, there was a news story a couple weeks ago or whatever. Uh, Michael J. Straczynski uh, tweeted or, or wrote on his website or blog, the Babylon 5 reboot pilot is still happening, just not happening anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
there 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 has been delays but apparently we might see it in 2023 okay i think if i remember the article right when we talked about it i think um when the first when the story broke that there was going to be a reboot i think we talked about it and that interesting to see where he goes with it and at least it's him it's the actual showrunner of the original taking this on yeah that that'll be kind of the key uh i don't know how he sees his own work so i don't know if and, and we've had this discussion before it is it a retelling is it a reboot i mean it it are we going to see essentially the same series just told slightly differently? I yeah. we don't know. A little bit of me is kind of hoping that it's sort of the same story, but he uses some ideas that maybe he, for some reason, chose not to go with last time. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes sort of like a uh, those old uh, what-if books or uh, choose-your-own-adventure. That's it. There the you choose-your-own-adventure books. So we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll turn to page 18 instead of seven or something like that, you know, this time. That could be an interesting way to go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I've been doing, I've um, changed over our cellular plans a little. And with that, we got access to HBO uh, Plus. Oh, H- you mean HBO Max? Yes, HBO Max. Whatever the little streaming channel, the service that they have. That would be that one. <laughs> yes. Which actually, speaking of Babylon Five, allowed me to go back and pick up where I left <laughs> off on my on my rewatch of that series. So I've watched a couple more episodes of that. Uh, another thing I've been watching on that channel is the uh, CW series uh, Star Girl. Yeah. Have you watched any of that? No, I haven't gotten into it. I, I I've kind of divorced myself from the CW stuff because it, it, it started to grate on me after a while. For the most part, I would agree. I mean, by the time I got done with Supergirl, I was done with Supergirl. I was done with Supergirl long before Supergirl was done with the CW or vice versa. And and I really liked The Flash when The Flash got started until every season was the same season as the last season. Yeah, so I... I don't know. I was curious. I think I remember a friend of mine posting on uh, on Facebook or something that when uh, Stargirl first premiered that he was watching it and really dug it. So I thought, okay, I'll 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 tune in and see what it is. I really like it. Really? Yeah. It, I think as far as like the CW shows, it's probably the best that I've seen. Interesting. Brett Basinger uh, plays a uh, Stargirl. Okay. And then her um, stepdad is played by Luke Wilson. Uh, one of the uh-huh. Wilson brothers, you know, okay. Owen Wilson's brother. Yeah. The two of them together are fantastic. I mean, they have a really great chemistry. And I, I think this Brett is great. I think she's just super talented. So far, anyway, it's a lot of fun. I mean, yes, we are dealing with um, the typical 20-somethings pretending they're 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Always love that. And then the story themselves is the idea of all these teenagers are uh, rebuilding the Justice Society of America who in this story has been wiped out about you know 10-20 years prior. But yeah, so far I'm, I'm, I'm really digging it. I think the, the characters are a lot of fun. Uh, the production value is really great. Uh, the villains are appropriately creepy. Huh. So yeah, I've, I've, I'm digging. I would recommend it. All right. if, you, if you have any time. Yeah, no, I, while, while on the topic of that, uh, 
similarly and also available on HBO Max. Um, I only caught the first episode, but I intend to go back is the Peacemaker series. Oh, yeah, I've heard about it. I've not uh, watched it yet. I watched the Suicide Squad movies. The first one, of course, was uh, was all right. <laughs> it, it has flaws. Not okay, yeah, I haven't seen ones. that one yet. The second Suicide Squad movie that also introduced the Peacemaker character to the fold, um, that one was a lot more fun. Okay, um, that's that's in my queue. I've added that to my watch list, but I have not gotten to it yet because that's a, a little over two hours long. So that's kind of like I, I have to devote time. I, I had actually seen a meme recently that actually forced me to watch, watch a Peacemaker episode because it pointed out that you know how you get the opening sequence of a thing and on a streaming service, you can hit that skip button to not go through the uh, the the start of the show, whether it's, yes. mm-hmm. whether it's the credits or it's just the, the music, whatever. Um, but in there, they actually mention, no, we're not going to skip that. <laughs> and I got to find out why. <laughs> <laughs> the opening regardless of what you think of the series which since this is about peacemaker who is already such a c or d level dc character um who was brought into the suicide squad literally to be cannon fodder um but had a more significant role in the movie as you watch it and then to give him his own series that literally picks up after the the circumstances of that movie and make him a sympathetic character despite the fact that he is really kind of a a dick <laughs> but this the opening sequence is just this super frilly fancy thing where these characters in some of their costumes are doing these weird dance routines while they're while they're uh, they're um, they're given their credits for being on the show. Oh my god, it's just it's like a little Broadway thing that just goes on for, all right for a minute or two, and I'm like, and it ends with this eagle doing this weird pose in front of all. <laughs> it's okay, just, it's just hysterical. You just can't help but laugh watching it. So. All right, and, and cool. That's, I, that's one episode, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta dig in further. But yeah, I may have to to uh, check that out. But, as well. but watch the movie first, so you get the. the I'm glad you mentioned that because I would not have known that, and I I probably would have uh, felt a little left behind. And, and honestly, uh, you can watch the second Suicide Squad movie without having watched the first. I think I'd heard that, and that's what I was planning on doing yeah, they, anyway. they're almost completely different animals other than they establish a couple of characters. But you you don't need it to know what's going on. I'll catch on quick enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I got a couple more things that I wanted to mention. Mention the good bit about Ghostbusters, <laughs> maybe first. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. I went into this pretty hesitant. Those who know, who've been listening to this show for any length of time know I am a huge fan of the original Ghostbusters. The 84 Ghostbusters is like 
when people ask, hey, what's your favorite Ghostbusters? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. There was a time when I knew the entire film verbatim. Mm-hmm. There, I remember um, for like a, a week or two, for some reason, I just got it in my head. I was working second shift and everything, but I went home at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and I'd throw in the Ghostbusters VHS and watch Ghostbusters every night. <laughs> it's just I don't know I love that movie mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters 2 didn't really care for I was pretty bored with it the Ghostbusters answer the call or whatever it was the reboot the sequel whatever you wanted to call it back in what 2018 or whatever it was 20, I think yeah, it was 16. 16 2016 it was okay. Didn't really grab me. So, yes, Afterlife, I went in with a little bit of trepidation. Jaded. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Most of it. I'll say this. I really enjoyed most of it. I thought it was a fun story. It did have quite a bit of fan service. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of that fan service crossed the line a little bit, especially with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. Yeah, maybe. Really didn't care. They completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Didn't need them. Overall, really enjoyed it. And I'd like to say I didn't cry at the finale. <laughs> You'd like to say that. <laughs> I'd like to say that. That, oh my God, what a, that was a bit of a, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without, of course, it's still fairly new, so we don't want to spoil anything in particular. Yeah, no. But uh, it, it, it's not a spoiler to know that um, Harold Ramis had passed away before this movie had been made. Mm-hmm. Um, but they more than effectively uh, had him in the film. Right. I mean, so much of the plot revolves around him without him even being there right no the entirety of the thing all centers around what egon spangler did after he left new york city and how they handle it and even how they handle any visuals around him are just if you're gonna do it this is how you do that and i i know people have probably been saying this for a while but uh mckenna grace Flippin' amazing. Oh, yes. (laughs) What an amazingly talented actress. Uh, She's at such a young age, and she has already done so freaking much, and she's apparently, she acts, she dances, she sings. I mean, she is going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. Yeah, no, she'll be around a good long time. But, yes, no, she, straight up the the star of the film. I mean, she was supposed to be anyway. But, I mean, she stood out even for being the lead. Yes, absolutely. And Paul Rudd wasn't uh, annoying. <laughs> uh, see, I like Paul Rudd, so... <laughs> he's he's fine. No, he's fine. Really enjoyed it. It does tug at the heartstrings at the end. And uh, definitely a worthy um, addition to the Ghostbusters franchise, unlike any of the other films that have come since the 1984 original, in my opinion. I'll make a slight parallel here. Um, I I think for Ghostbusters, this is what the... 
this is just Ghostbusters what The Force Awakens was to the Star Wars franchise. You're you're making a face at me, but uh, that uh, of of the of the sequel sequel movies, um, that was the one that at least gave you a little hope that it it took all the right elements, it did the fan service, but uh, but it didn't it didn't go over the top. It was an enjoyable film. It made you want to see the next one. Now that said. This film sets up for there to be more films. And I hope they never, ever do that. You know that's never going to go your way. (laughs) Because ultimately this is all about making money. And Afterlife, for all intents and purposes, did very well. (laughs) So there's no way that they don't make another one. We shall see. I'm... I'm hoping Jason Reitman, who directed this, will um, hopefully he has some control and he can say, no, no, we're not going to make any more, any more Ghostbusters. Never but. sat in on the contract negotiations, so I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that might be out of his control, too, because it's not exclusively his property. No, so. that is true. No, uh, perhaps. Um, but. That said, because that's why I made that comparison, is if you had gotten The Force Awakens and just left it at that, you might have been okay with life. (laughs) You'd have gone, (laughs) Star Wars made a pretty good follow-up film that I enjoyed. And then they made the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) So I am hoping that whoever's responsible for the Ghostbuster franchise, that they hear us and go okay we hear you we made a good first re-entry back into the into the world let's not mess it up right yes if you don't have a good script don't make it we talked about like studio interference when uh when we talked about groundhog day yes. and they them wanting to have wacky scientists or uh you know voodoo or something <laughs> yeah had to explain why there was yeah. a time loop, but yes, no, uh, well, hopefully those that are in charge will will hold the tiller and, and keep it on course with, or just say, no, nope, we're not doing it. Right. Because <laughs> that was easily a good way out. To you. Yes, absolutely. It felt like a, um, a great little coda to the whole franchise, you know, and almost an apology for the things that didn't go so well before. Right. <laughs> Yes, no, we're going to go out in style. Well, speaking of Jason Reitman, who was the son of the director of the original Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman, unfortunately has lost his father. Just recently, Ivan Reitman has passed away at the age of 75. And yeah, that one, that's, again, because I'm such a fan of Ghostbusters, which is by far probably his most popular film. Mm -hmm. That's a little sad. I mean, it was definitely a, a sad bit of news. Yeah. Uh going back i was reading you know some of the articles on his uh, on his passing and you know he uh, started out he produced uh, national lampoon's animal house mm-hmm. which introduced the world to kind of john belushi you know outside of television mm-hmm. and then he uh he moved into directing and he directed the 1979 meatballs with bill murray and then stripes in 1981 which co-starred uh, harold ramus along with bill murray I mean, he kind of started building 
the uh, the gang. <laughs> right. No. Uh, yeah. He 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 knew all the players in Ghostbusters well before Ghostbusters came became a thing. Yeah. But yeah, they were saying that um, Ghostbusters was probably as big as Smash, pulled in close to two hundred twenty nine million dollars domestically. Pretty damn impressive. <laughs> That's two hundred twenty nine in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, so yeah, then his son took over and and directed, uh, didn't take over, but you know, he kind of took the directing reins as well and he did Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, big loss. I I think he was an amazing talent. Um I can't think of I'm looking through the list of films. I'm like, and is there any did he actually direct anything bad? <laughs> you know, everything maybe are okay. They're fun. They all have some amazing talent and at least have some moments of fantastic um comedy yeah no there if you stamp ivan reitman on a film yeah you're gonna like it you it might not always be your favorite in the world but you're not gonna not have a good time he even has a lot of b-movie cred i'm looking back into the 70s where he was uh working like uh samuel arkoff and and stuff i so yeah i've got lots of stuff to go back and um Remember Mr. Reitman. (laughs) A celebration of his life. So yeah, that news came up just recently. So yeah, brought that up. And I think that about does it for me. I I know I I, I say I've been busy, but then I (laughs) list all the things I've been watching. I'm thinking, God, what the hell do people think busy means for me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this is part job too. (laughs) (laughs) We, we... We watch these things uh, so that we can guide you to the good and steer you from the bad. That's right. Well, I, I've i been watching these and not doing some things I should do. Like I realized today that I have not got my Orphan Entertainment edited that was supposed to uh, drop the day after we record <laughs> today. So, But I managed to get the time shifters up. <laughs> That's it for me. Have you got anything that you wanted to mention? No, I think uh, that covers most of what's going on. Otherwise, it's just life. Fair enough. Then let's take a, a, a well-needed break. We'll listen to a promo for another podcast. And when we get back, we are going to take a look at a television series from 1966 called The Time Tunnel. Show. 
host Cam Sully each week as he chats with special guests to discuss many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. in an underground labyrinth is a fantastic invention which cost billions of dollars a time tunnel but what does it cost a man to face the incredible dangers of the past or the unknown secrets of the future titanic that is impossible the ship is unthinkable this ship is dead, and so is everyone on board, unless you give immediate orders to lower the lifeboats. Time Tunnel ran one season on ABC, beginning in the fall of 1966, and ending in the spring of the following year. Uh, Wherever he and Doug are now, episodes there together. The premise of the show involves two American scientists in charge of Project TikTok, a $7.5 billion dollar experiment in time travel. When a U.S. senator tours the facility and threatens to shut the project down unless they show some results, i.e. send a man through time and return him safely, Dr. Tony Newman makes a solo trip down the massive time tunnel and finds himself on the deck of the ill-fated Titanic on her maiden voyage. Dr. Doug Phillips follows him to try and help and hopefully save him from the disaster. Their efforts to convince the captain and crew of the coming accident are left unheeded and history plays out as we know it. The two men are thrown overboard, but the technicians at TikTok are able to lock onto them and send them back into the time stream. Unfortunately, they can't bring them back to their own time, and the two men find themselves lost and traveling from one moment in the past or future to the next. The cast includes James Darren as Tony Newman, Robert Colbert as Doug Phillips, and helping out at TikTok Central is Lee Merriweather as Dr. Ann McGregor, and Whit Bissell is Lieutenant General Haywood Kirk. The series was created by producer Irwin Allen for 20th Century Fox. This is the third of four sci-fi series Allen created for the studio. It was preceded by Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea in 64, Lost in Space in 1965, and was followed by Land of the Giants in 1968. Only lasting a single season, this is the shortest-running series of Irwin Allen's career. And despite it being one of the most expensive shows produced at that time, it made very good use of stock footage and studio backlots. And I think that we can talk about as we talk about the show itself now. As we were talking last time, first-time watch for both of us for this series. Yes. And this will be an interesting conversation anyways, because we, we have not watched consecutive episodes. We've chosen to watch two uh, uh, for the first episode, the pilot, and uh, the fourth episode, which was listed as one of the better episodes. Yes, I forget the, the website that I mentioned. It was something.ninja. Yes, there was ninjas <laughs> involved. So go back and listen to uh, the last episode to find out uh, where I <laughs> got this information. <laughs> well, that was interesting, and I wasn't aware that each episode ends with a teaser to the next episode. Mm-hmm. That was actually very cool. It, I think that was something that might have been a little bit more common back in the uh, 60s, but um, I haven't seen it in so long that 
it caught me by surprise. That was for sure, which of course then makes it a little jolting since we only chose to watch uh, episodes one and four. So so we got a (laughs) teaser into where they were going for episode two, but then picked up something else entirely. My apologies on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We didn't I know had, we were getting I had into no that. idea. Yeah, had I had a, any clue at all, maybe we would have done a couple consecutives. But I felt the uh, premiere was definitely one we needed to watch. Mm-hmm. Just again, I get the premise. And for one thing, the premise, I think, you know, it says it right there in the promo. And, you know, two American scientists lost in the swirling maze of time. But it didn't really click with me as like, oh, they can't get back. This is... This is sort of quantum leap. Quantum leap before there is quantum leap. And uh, I also find it incredibly interesting, the timing of this. So this is 1966. So we're Mm -hmm. still three years from the moon landing. So this is about an incredibly expensive government project where we need to prove that we can get human beings to one place and then retrieve them which is entirely paralleling what is literally happening in the country at this time. It looks like it, instead of time travel, it's space travel. But right. I, and I like that the premise in this particular case is, no, we can't get them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've sent, we've sent monkeys and animals and stuff through time. Yeah, no. That, well, how do you know that you didn't just disintegrate them? Well, we're pretty sure we didn't. <laughs> The fact that they throw around uh, a price tag of seven and a half billion dollars for this in 1960s money, uh, mm-hmm. you're like, holy hell. In case anyone's curious, by today's money, that would nearly be 60 billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this this wasn't a cheap... <laughs> Well, and speaking of not cheap, I mentioned it. It was being one of the most expensive series produced. At least, certainly, they put a lot of money into this premiere. That was an impressive premiere, mm-hmm. both in in effects and set. I mean, the time tunnel set was it was simple, but looked great. Yes, no, it, it had it had the standard '60s sci-fi clean cut. There, there, there are no seams on anything. Everything lights up. It, in fact, they they had spent so much time on showing you the set dressing, which was funny because it's much ado about nothing. Because <laughs> you go through all, the, you spend like that first episode. The first half hour of it is practically just getting to the time tunnel. All the neat stuff that you pass through and see in the in the uh, in the complex, we didn't watch the whole series, but I don't imagine any of it has anything to do with the rest of the series. No, that's right because the adventures are happen throughout time with our two scientists as they travel. So we only go back to like the control room occasionally because they're able to trace them through time and 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 find them and they can view. Uh, and hear what goes on sometimes when they tune it in just right. The rest of the complex, yeah, you you see it. Eight hundred floors apparently. Eight hundred floors in each of the three towers. 
right. that we saw going down into the hole. And they said something like it holds 1,200 people each. 12,000 specialized personnel. Per tower. Yes, that's something that... <laughs> They they say that in the series and I was and but you read anything online and everything they just mentioned all oh, that there's only twelve thousand like no I'm pretty sure they said twelve thousand per complex per complex <laughs> is what what the guy was saying to the senator on the way down in which case this complex uh, probably outpopulates the Dakotas <laughs> real quick they was talking about some of this, the visual effects and everything they uh. It supposedly takes place, it, this complex is underground in Arizona. They land a plane in the middle of the desert. Again, and this is, you know, this is a television series, but they've got up. this is not stock footage. They actually get a plane and everything. They landed in a, in a desert runway. They got a, they get in a car, they're driving through the desert and everything, and they come to the secret entrance. Mm-hmm. And that was a, for the time, I think a great little effect that they did there where this, the ground suddenly just, you know, opens up and the car goes under and then it covers the door slams back shut. I'm like, I could see the, I could see the seams, but still for 1966, I thought that was impressive. Well, they took something from danger diabolique <laughs> or diabolic. However you say it. Diabolic. I think they did it a little bit fancier with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Americans can't be outpaced by the the Europeans. Because right. Diabolic, we still never figured out where they were from. <laughs> and then they uh Europe. Yeah. And and then they did they toured the complex and it was very much sort of an homage to like Forbidden Planet. Yes. With how what with what they did and they did a really nice job. And this is like TV budget, not major motion picture budget. The amount of effects and the quality of the production was was very high. Maybe until we actually get to the adventure outside of the uh, project. When it comes to Doug and Tony lost in time, then it turns into, oh, this is TV. <laughs> the Grand Titanic never comes across very grand. <laughs> no, no, not entirely. If I may, um, we only watched two episodes, right? Yes. And the first one, all right, I'll uh, 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 give it, they, they went back to the Titanic. No, they're, they're telling people on the Titanic that the Titanic's going to sink. Um, they're trying to change time. We'll get into that conversation later, <laughs> but but they're they're trying to do this. Um, everyone acts like they're crazy, uh, and, and and why not? But uh, rightly so. Right, rightly right, so. Rightly so. Uh, despite some attempts to provide actual evidence, that uh, rightly so. And of course, we have our seer. Our episode it concludes. And while we only watch two episodes, we go to the second one that we watch, which is still three episodes later. They go back in time. They try to tell people that they're from the future and something horrible is about to happen. Everybody thinks they're crazy. We carry on and then they get to move out in time again. I'm like, is this every episode for 30 you're, episodes? You're, you're saying there's a theme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, 
for all the production quality, I, I was starting out of episode one. It was already starting to feel a little tedious. <laughs> no, I kind of agree. I, I felt like we're just watching the same story, and you just you just put it in a different uh, yeah, environment. Pick, pick another popular historical event that people will know what it is. And again, we haven't evaluated all 30 episodes, so maybe there are other moments that I don't know. But I mean, are all 30 of these episodes also in only historical events that you could pick up in elementary school? Well, they do occasionally travel to the future. Oh, well, well that's good. <laughs> the, that's apparently the, um, the second episode that we saw the teaser for at the end of the first episode is actually them in 1978 aboard a uh, a rocket ship on on route to mars I, I guess i didn't quite catch that i knew they were in a rocket being launched but i didn't i didn't realize that the, that was set that far out i must have missed the little tag kind of looked through some of the synopsises of other episodes and stuff and and i've got the series to watch so i may i don't think this is a series that i'm gonna feel the need to watch all of to be a completist or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I don't... It, it, unless we felt moved to do so, I don't find this will be the uh, the one that I... Ooh, I need to catch the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when we talked about um, doing television series in this series of, of podcasts, I was thinking we would maybe um, just throw one in occasionally... Mm-hmm. For the top of the episode, and then we'll talk about you know a longer something subject or whatever. Uh, I don't think time tunnel is going to be it, no. which is a little disappointing, honestly, because I was really kind of looking forward to this. I, I used the time tunnel opening as a big portion of our of the introduction video to the series, you know the the theme music and everything, and was came from the time tunnel and and the whole you know two american i, I changed the words to two american podcasters and stuff like that right. so i'm like this would be a great one this would be a great series to like occasionally talk about throughout the year but if they're all going to be effectively the same story right and, and, yeah that that's I, I mean from episode one to episode four almost every conversation almost every circumstance that happened all plays out they're they're always going to get imprisoned by somebody temporarily Mm -hmm. for either being nuts or for for whatever i just realized why this was likely not on the big syndication uh circuit yeah it's because of those teasers that lead into the next episode the stu- the stations that buy shows for syndication want to be able to just show whatever episode at any time oh, without yeah, yeah, worrying yeah. about episode order. You can't really do that with this one, not without annoying people. Right. That said, now, granted, when this would have had to have run, you'd probably be correct. Um as to why they would, yeah, you just want to slap in a tape and and go and not try to confuse the audience. Well, that's why they, uh, for the longest time, television series avoided uh, long arcs. mm -hmm. It was all very episode, you know, they just like bottle episodes every episode. Yeah, it it didn't matter where you entered, you just got what you got. Right, Um, it wasn't until streaming and stuff and binging that, 
they all started people started going no arcs are okay no no, no I, I could totally see that but uh i think there might be other things at play at why what why it didn't make a thing uh, i'm just gonna go for it at, at this point uh since i i'm just glad that i'm not because this seemed like something you would get into that that you love that 60s look on, on things um and and that feel and it, this had some of those and i was even hopeful during the first episode um I felt it was running a little long, even though it was still within the hour. But, I mean, they were having a hard time getting to it. I, I, I could see where they were going with that. So it was it had me enough that I'm like, okay, let's the, set, the, the next episode we'll watch. Sure. Let, they, they've now got their – they should have their rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it is a rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is like a song where the beat just keeps – you can hit everything right on there, but I'm going to jump in on our scientists. Yes. <laughs> and because we're talking time travel and all that, again, this would be very early in in anyone trying to do anything in, in time travel. I would start with why did we set, spend seven and a half billion dollars for time travel when we didn't one know that it would work and two, what were we gonna do with it? What was the goal? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I really would have liked a discussion as to why they were trying to travel in time because, I mean, was that the the intention for these people is be able to travel back in time and to change history? Because they certainly don't seem to have a problem with doing so. Yeah, yeah, and then, or trying to. And, and then, yes, our our scientists are are ones that want to go back. Like, whatever our our goal as a government was for <laughs> for for purchasing this particular project uh, to uh, to do when we don't have a clear idea how we were going to use it. Um, like the senator didn't even seem to know. So what is this for? <laughs> like, right. But then when our scientists have actually propelled themselves into the past, particularly Tony, the the wide-eyed young man who is really pushing, who's the brains of most of this project, um, and he goes back and his first inclination is to completely rewrite history in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, like you don't think that might have ramifications? <laughs> you saved the Titanic. How the hell do you know you're born? Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're, they're just totally flip way that they, they go into uh, their circumstances. And then, and then we're like, okay, well, first episode, Okay, the, he he he's there. He's trapped. He he's on a, a vessel that he know will sink. So, and he's a man in the scenario where only women and children are going to get off this ship. So, mm-hmm. and only seven hundred of them at that. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, so, so in a panicked moment, his attempt to to change time, I get self preservation. By the time we're in fourth episode and he is just rampantly trying to, <laughs> to change what happens in history because the fourth episode is Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to undo 
Pearl Harbor. And that one, unto itself, other than the familial stuff that is built into the episode, literally, if they had undone Pearl Harbor, there's a good chance none of that funding might have ever happened, ever. (laughs) There wouldn't have been half the science that that would have led to his ability to even make a time tunnel. Aside from the over-formulaic nature of this show, the fact that they didn't even think any of that through before they entered into telling their stories was really kind of driving me crazy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, and of course, like I said, I, there's a lot of comparisons you can make to like Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. But with Quantum Leap, they gave him a goal. They gave him something to try, you know, he he had to do something. Right. This, they just, it's almost frustrating because you see what could be, you, you'd see the potential in this series mm-hmm. that I don't even know if anyone gave any thought to whatsoever. And I think all of this is bore out of um, the the first and biggest gap, which is, we don't know why this thing existed. Our scientists wanted to time travel without any goal in that time travel. And that was clear when we finally get in to the stories. It's because they show up and and they're do they're gonna do what? They're gonna try to undo everything. If that was the goal that was never stated, and if it was the goal they never stated what they were hoping to accomplish by making changes in time. Right. So yeah, my initial thought when someone tells me that, you know, there's a seven and a half billion dollar time travel experiment going on under the desert of Arizona or something would be, oh, you want to be able to travel back in time and actually witness history as it happened mm-hmm. and be able to record the actual, the, the events firsthand as, as, as a lesson, you know, a to, to learn from. A of history. Right. And if you should find yourself on something like the Titanic, your first thought would be, okay, I'm going to watch this for a while, and when things get dicey, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. That That's what you think. I mean, even in, like, Doctor Who, which is notorious for meddling with the, the affairs of 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 the uh, of planets and, and time and everything, when they find themselves in some place where, like, oh, my God, well, this volcano is going to explode in, you know, in two days— the goal is to get the hell out. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not going to stop. Uh, because you brought that up, I am going to probably pointlessly give this uh, series uh, credit for something that I don't think they actually set out to do. Which is, in their own way, they are essentially saying, and I'm basing this off of two episodes, so I may be talking completely out of my ass, you can't change the history. Um, in their world, the time stream is linear. So whether you visit it or not, whether you talk to anybody in it or not, it will march forward regardless of your attempts to do anything. And whether they meant to make a statement along that line or not, it is a statement. Uh, I, I, I got to give them a little credit for that, even if it was unintentional. And you could even... Um give them the credit in that first episode, them convincing the captain, finally convincing him at least enough to go ahead and start 
preparing the ship to uh, the passengers to abandon ship may have saved those 700 lives that made it to the lifeboats. Had they not been there and done that, the captain probably may have uh, put it off a little longer. And and, and we can't know 100%, but that's where you get that kind of quantum leap feel. Right. Um, Did they visit or were they always a part of it? And that would be an interesting thing if that's actually how it was set out to do. But given that uh, we could probably be pretty self-assured that all 30 episodes essentially play exactly the same way that the two that we watch play. But in this day and age, I would think that would be the goal is that we would eventually find out that if this didn't happen, history would never evolve evolved as it did yeah i'd actually it would be interesting to see if there's any episodes where they actually do change time at least in the environment of that of the series yeah like we're coming at this a little little light um but seeing as how it also only made it a single season and we kind of know how 60s tv worked <laughs> so <laughs> So I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope that there was an overall arching um, idea that this was meant to be formulaic so that you could watch each one and then you could pick out your favorite because it picked out your favorite point in history or future. <laughs> I was just uh, looking at the, the, the Wikipedia page for this particular series and there's a, a section devoted to recurring themes and it does say most episodes involve the capture or detention of Doug, Tony, or both their escape, their recapture and their escape again before they move to the next episode. Caught that. And then we had to watch two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part in it is a little disappointing. <laughs> Before we before we kind of leave this and everything, did you recognize or note the name of the man who played the captain of the Titanic? Oh no, I didn't. It's Michael Rene from the Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. It's Klaatu. <laughs> That's awesome. Which he makes a very good, uh, you know, ship's captain kind of uh, personality. Oh he yeah, no, no, no. I he was very likable in that first episode, like. Uh, but you no, know, I had no idea that was him. Now, also before we, again, not having seen all thirty episodes, but is the entire point of the team in, in the present, quote unquote, to sit there and watch TV? Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> I, I I don't feel like they're trying all that hard to get them back. Uh, They keep saying they can move them through time, but why is 1968 not a point? Yeah, yeah, it's never really explained why they can't get them back into their tunnel. In in the fourth episode, they pulled a bomb. Yeah, good point, but only temporarily. (laughs) If they had taken the bomb off the pad, would it have stayed? That's a very, yeah, they said there was a... (laughs) Because the plot said so, it's only temporary, it's going to go back. Why? I I don't know. And it's exactly like you're saying, because the plot said so. And why does the end of the tunnel blow up every time? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you know it. what? That is something I wanted to talk about that I was very disappointed with all the production value that they put into this thing with the with the like Forbidden Planet-esque uh, 800 floor complex, you know, the car diving underground uh-huh. and all that stuff, the giant generation tower blinking and all the lights and this time tunnel that looks like it just extends into oblivion in this room. And you walk down it, and flash pop, uh, pots go off. I'm like, really? That's it? That's your, that's your time travel effect? Yeah. Oh, so disappointing. Where's like lights running down the tunnel? I, I was envisioning it, it's a white and black tube. It, 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 everybody else in in the universe has reused this particular concept where it's alternating rings. Uh, and, and it's it's a forced perspective thing. So the idea is obviously the tunnel is not nearly as long as we think it is, but it looks like it goes on forever. Why that whole thing didn't like rotate or there Strobe were strobe light kind of swirly thing lights going down. Going to, yeah. down. This is the sixties. Get psychedelic, man. <laughs> and no flash pots, <laughs> bad ones at that. Very disappointing. Yeah, uh, no. In fact, there's even one when they finally send Doug after Tony, um, and he's in. He's in period costume and he walks down to the end and they set off the flash pots. You can still see him on the other side of the flash pots. Yeah, he just has to he has to stop and stand at the wall. Yeah, while the flash while the, pots are while the smoke envelops him. And I remember because that goes to commercial break. And when you come back, you can still see him at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> like effective. <laughs> Seven and a half billion dollars well spent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it had so so much potential and so much good pr- production value, and I don't think they really fleshed out how they wanted to do this. Apparently, Erwin Allen really liked this series, Did he now? and he tried he tried uh, a couple times to get it rebooted. Uh, the latest someone tried to reboot it in two thousand and two. Uh, a pilot for the new for a new series was produced. But it, it didn't proceed to series. But I've got to try and find that pilot. I want to see what they did in O2. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly it was a little bit more of a darker, grittier, and yeah. <laughs> well, 2002, you weren't going to get anything else. Uh, yeah, good point. I, I, I'm just going to call it. Unless, unless you're going to give this thing purpose, uh, this, this series isn't going to make it no matter what. I mean, yeah, time travel series can be fun. We have others on deck that will that were fun. That are Quantum Leap is fun. The Voyagers was fun, but there was reasons why the time travel was happening. There was a goal. Whether or not it was intended from the beginning or not is quite. You can have that conversation, but this is it. Literally, the government choosing to build a time tunnel without a goal for why they wanted it. <laughs> yeah. So all we were going to get is these guys floating around time, getting in the way more than anything. I mean, honestly, why they didn't just in every single episode find a nice shady spot to sit down, hang out, and go keep going since apparently they're being watched on television anyway. And go, guys, this is, sorry, this is still not home. Can you try again? <laughs> 
<laughs> Send me a sandwich. I mean, seriously. <laughs> or you can clothes. beam anything else out of time and space, apparently, whenever you want to. Don't grab the bomb. Grab me a pizza. Right. Send me a change of clothes, please. <laughs> yeah, this stuff's getting kind of rank. <laughs> at yeah, least 30 episodes. At, at least they were putting on buckskins in the, the episode we would have gone into after the fourth. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that in the end, though, they end up right back into their uniforms. Uh <laughs> Probably. Uh, would you want to bet that the, uh, the the British capture them and interrogate them and find out they're time travelers? <laughs> you think they try to convince them that there's a, uh, another, they probably get captured by the Americans and then find, you know, try to tell them that the British are coming and <laughs> no one believes them. And I just, I can't fathom watching 30 episodes of them saying the same thing over and over again and everyone acting like they're crazy while their buddies in 68 are popping popcorn and just watching them on the swirl vision. Somewhere later in the year, we will have to look at a film called Time Travelers, which is a 1976 uh, science fiction film. The teleplay was credited to uh, Jackson Gillis by a story by Rod Serling, but it was actually originally developed by Irwin Allen as a remake of the Time Tunnel. Interesting. Okay. But due to some litigation, the pilot didn't sell, and they repackaged it as an ABC movie of the week. We will have to take a look at that and see what uh, Mr. Allen was envisioning for a uh, trying again <laughs> with the Time Tunnel. Sounds like he keeps trying and trying again. <laughs> So, uh, I'm I'm wondering if it's formulaic. Apparently, Sci-Fi Channel back in 05 mentioned that they were going to try to do a 2006-2007 remake as well. Uh, I don't think it... uh, Yeah, it never went beyond a a script, unfortunately. It got lost in time. Mm So people keep trying with this, but I think they uh, I think they finally got it right with Quantum Leap, which is going to be rebooted <laughs> real soon, apparently. It was good, and actually, uh, I know that one probably was a little controversial, its series finale, too, but it was one that I actually felt kind of good on the way it went out, so I'd be okay with them just letting it lie. <laughs> As you said with uh, the Ghostbusters Afterlife, yep. you know, <laughs> if someone sees money, a potential for money. We, all of us that are slaves to our uh, to nostalgia, someone's going to pump a buck out of us for it. <laughs> well, I think we have said all we can say about um, the time tunnel. Yeah, a little disappointed. A little bit. I think we were both kind of looking forward to it. And um, yeah. yeah, oh, well. Hey, they can't all be winners, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I always say, there's even joy to be found in the ones that we don't necessarily like, because somebody went to trouble. It's clear Irwin Allen has a passion for this particular project, <laughs> so you can't, you can't fault him for wanting it. I just don't think the execution paid off. No, absolutely. And like I said, I think there was a the great potential. It just wasn't realized. Yeah. Exactly. So let's left, I think, is to talk about what we're going to be talking about in two weeks. Another first-time watch for me. It's something I have heard about, I've never seen. We're going to check out 1986's Biggles, Adventures in Time. 
this will definitely be a first watch for me because I thought we were talking about Dr. Evil's cat. <laughs> That's Mr. Bigglesworth. Bigglesworth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A brief synopsis from IMDb says this is a daring British World War I pilot, James Biggles Bigglesworth. Oh, it was Bistol Bigglesworth. <laughs> and 1980s low-level business executive Jim Ferguson discover that they can time travel to each other's eras. And they try to stop the Germans from changing the outcome of World War One. All right, interesting. So a time swap story. Yeah, we're we're staying on course for our uh, at least trying to break up our methodology for time travel. Yes. Yeah, we we said we uh, we'd visit all kinds of different methods and stuff. So. Um, here is another one. Absolutely. Well, we may have to go through an accounting, like on the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> what have we touched on so far? Well, that will do it then. Thanks very much for listening. We will talk to everybody in a couple weeks. Uh, Tom, thanks again. Sorry it wasn't uh, a better experience. Still fun. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya.